meanwhile, I'm standing there watching this whole thing happen, being like, you can do that. You can just randomly ask a store for a good guy discount and then actually get a discount. Like, how is this a thing? And I would literally watch him do this kind of thing all the time. And it would work like 90% of the time. And that's when my whole mindset on all of this asking for more thing really shifted. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 44 of The Daily Churn. I've got a bit of a, a different kind of episode for you guys today. It's not quite churning and it's not quite fire, but it is tangentially related to both. And I think very applicable and useful for a variety of things you may do as a churner or just as someone living your life, which is how do you go about asking for upgrades and discounts and freebies? When you're checking in at a hotel, you know, how do you ask for that suite upgrade or you're picking up a rental car? How do you ask for that better car or you're on the phone with customer service and you're doing a booking or you're asking for a refund or you're trying to get retention offers? Like all of those things sort of kind of coalesce into one central theme, which is just how to get more comfortable with asking for more not just with these kinds of interactions at a hotel or at the car rental agency or on the phone, but really in all of your interactions. Because the thing with asking for more is that most of us are very, very uncomfortable with it and also very bad at it because we never do it. It's like a muscle that we never exercise. And for most of us, the mentality is sort of like, why would I ask for more in my normal day-to-day life. You know, I only really care when I want an upgrade. And that's just a really, really terrible way of looking at it because it's like saying like, you know, I prefer not to run fast. I'll run fast when I have to on race day when it counts. But day-to-day, you're not going to catch me running fast, right? And that's problematic, of course, because only doing the thing when it matters on race day is not going to yield you great results because of your lack of practice. And so if you're like me and you're like most people, you're really, really out of shape when it comes to asking for more. And that gets extra disappointing when the stakes are high, let's say at a hotel and you're trying to get a suite. So if that sounds like you, don't feel bad because I'd say that's probably 90 to 99% of people, right? We don't really ask for stuff in our regular life. We go repair the car. We don't ask for a discount. We go pick up a pizza. We don't ask for free pizza. Like We're just not used to asking for it, except in these specific scenarios. And it's taken me a long time to even realize that asking for more is a thing that you can sort of just do all the time and is a thing that you probably should try and do if you want to get better at it. And it really kind of dawned on me about 10-ish years ago when I met a guy who was a coworker. And we started hanging out, going out to lunch and stuff. And just watching him interact with the world, like how he just navigated life, literally felt like magic to me. Because he would just do, to me, what felt like just the craziest things. Like we would walk into a pizza shop to pick up a pizza and he'd come out with free wings and a soda on top of his pizza. And I'd be like, what What the hell just happened? And it wasn't a one-off thing. This would be all the time. And so the main idea that I want to break down is how do you go about asking for more without you and them feeling uncomfortable, you know, and how do you get better at it? Like, where do people go wrong? What are some of the common pitfalls that happens when people ask for things like upgrades and they get denied? Like, what exactly went wrong there? 
and some of the actionable things that you can do to avoid those pitfalls. And throughout, I'm going to throw in some examples, like real examples that have happened to me that will hopefully, I think, give you a bit more insight on how to go about navigating this. So I know this is very different from the usual, like, how do you churn this credit card or this bank account? But you got to be able to use all those points that you've churned and being able to maximize the value, I think, is a very useful skill, not just with points, but hopefully just in your day to day life. So this should be a pretty fun episode. It's one I've been wanting to record for a while now. But before we get into it, just a reminder that you can find the show notes and everything we discuss at thedailychurnpodcast.com. There's also a newsletter there, which you can subscribe to to get notified when one of these new episodes comes out. And you also get the show notes delivered into your inbox. So if you haven't checked that out yet, definitely take a look. But for now, let's get right back into how to talk to people. I think a a good place to start is probably just with where do most people go wrong when they try asking for stuff. And I think this is a very relatable thing because we've all seen it happen or experienced it ourselves. You know, it's like go to any hotel lobby at, let's say, 4 p.m. check-in time. And chances are you're going to find a Karen yelling at the hotel lobby staff with like 10, 20 people in line behind her. I think we can all agree that's a, a not a great way to ask for something, especially an upgrade. Conversely, I'm sure a lot of us, myself included, have seen or experienced the opposite of that, which is that you're kind of scared to ask, you know, you're anxious about it. And so you don't ask for any of these things. You don't ask for an upgrade when you check in, even though you're technically maybe supposed to get it. And I think both of those scenarios, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum, but they kind of boil down to mistakes being made in two key areas. So the first one is just your approach. Like, are you asking at all? Are you giving up too soon? Or are you asking for too much and being entitled about it? And the second one is your attitude, right? Like, how do you go about it? Like, are you being rude? Or conversely, are you being too polite, which can be just as counterproductive for you as being rude? So the combination of those two things results in a few common stereotypes that I think we're all pretty familiar with. And which one of those you fall into is, you know, mostly I think related to just your upbringing and your childhood, you know, like what kind of life baggage did you have up until this point? Did you grow up poor or did you grow up rich? And what I mean by that is like for me personally, I have always felt really weird about asking for more. I grew up in a pretty poor family. And so one of my goals growing up was to make enough money that finances weren't the main discussion all the time. So I definitely have this kind of like insecurity about people thinking I'm poor. And so it makes me not want to ask for stuff. Like if I ask for this upgrade or ask for this free thing or this discount, that person is going to look down on me as like a poor person, right? Conversely, I think, you know, I have friends who grew up with very rich families and they have the opposite issue, which is like they paid for everything. So it never even occurs to some of them to ask for the thing for free because don't you just spend your money and pay for it? Like, why would you ask for a discount? It just never even crosses their minds. So regardless of where you fit in that picture of just personal childhood baggage and hangups related to asking for more, there is a way to go about it where you don't feel weird and you don't make the other person feel weird. And it's sort of a a win-win scenario. And it really just comes down to those two things, which is your attitude and your approach. 
So as I was writing up some notes for this episode, I ended up drawing myself a little table, a little matrix. It kind of looks like the uh, the Eisenhower matrix, if you're familiar with that. But if you're not, I put a picture of it in the show notes at thedailychurnpodcast.com. Just click episode 44. And all it is is really there's four cells. There's attitude going horizontally where you're either too polite or you're rude. So kind of just like your demeanor or your emotions when you're interacting with someone. And then vertically is your approach. Do you give up too soon or do you expect too much? So it's kind of like your level of persistence when you're talking to someone. And so depending on your attitude and your approach, you end up in one of four boxes. And these are boxes that you don't want to be in when you interact with people. And I think at different times in our lives, we've all been one of those four people represented by these boxes. And so the top left one is when your attitude is you're too polite and your approach is that you give up too soon. And usually what that combination ends up looking like in the wild is that you don't really even try. You know, you're kind of down on yourself about it. You know, like you don't want to inconvenience the other person. You don't want to make them feel weird. And you don't think you're going to get it anyway. Maybe in the past when you've asked, you've been turned down and that sort of reinforced like, hey, there's no point in me trying now because what's the point? Why embarrass myself? Why embarrass them? On the opposite side of that, diagonally is the bottom right corner where your attitude is that you're just rude and your approach is that you expect too much out of the situation. And this, of course, is one I think we've all seen while traveling, which is the DYK WIA asshole. And if you have no idea what that acronym stands for, it's the acronym for do you know who I am? And this most often can be seen while checking in and the person has some level of elite status. When they don't get what they want, they start pulling the do you know who I am? I'm an elite member of this airline. I've been with this airline for 10 years. I've been a loyal member. I stay 100 days at your hotel. That whole spiel that is just awful to witness. And sadly, oftentimes these people actually do get what they want by being that asshole. And we'll go into why that is. But, you know, I'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt here, which is that none of us wants to be that guy intentionally. So for the purposes of our discussion, that box is also a bad box to be in. More along the middle ground between those two extremes, you've got someone whose attitude is quite rude, but their approach is also poor. And I think what best represents this box is actually a Karen. You know, it's someone who at a hotel, they tell them, no, you're not going to get the upgrade. And they start getting loud, like in that person's face, venting about the injustice of it all and posting on social media and just generally being pretty obnoxious. But what they lack there is just any kind of strategy or tact. Unlike the do you know who I am asshole who keeps pushing and oftentimes actually gets what they want, the Karen kind of just stops too soon. They get told no. And instead of working through that, they just become rude. Finally, we've got our last box in the bottom left where your attitude is that you're too polite. You know, you're just a really, really polite person. But your approach is you expect a lot. You know, you're kind of a little maybe too entitled with what you think you should be getting at, let's say, this hotel. And how that usually manifests, and I think we've all been here as well, is that you ask for the upgrade, they tell you no, and you're too polite to push back or counter or do any of this stuff, and you accept it but you silently stew on the injustice of it all. You know, instead of being the Karen where you're loud about it, you're loud about it only to your spouse or your family. And you ruminate on this for like days on end. It sort of spoils your vacation, spoils their vacation. 
If this sounds kind of familiar to you, you may have watched White Lotus on HBO. I won't spoil it for you if you haven't, but there's a guy who is very polite, but also extremely entitled. And I think the first like three, four episodes, he is just bitching to his wife about the injustice of him not getting this better suite. And eventually he works himself up into this like frenzy of frustration where he goes from being too polite to now being rude. And he totally becomes the, do you know who I am, asshole? But in his case, he ends up having his mother call the hotel being like, do you know who I am? And so again, I think at some point, we've all been one of those people to some degree. So if you're feeling personally attacked, I've been one of those people too. And you know, don't feel bad about it or or do feel bad about it. But I'm going to give you some better ways of going about this, where in this grid, there is a Goldilocks zone. And as you might expect, the Goldilocks zone of how to ask for what you want and actually get it is right in the middle of the matrix. You want to be not too rude and not too polite. And you don't want to give up too soon, but you also don't want to push so hard that your expectations are just completely not based in reality anymore. So let's start with attitude and what the right attitude is when you have these kinds of interactions. So I think the biggest thing really is keeping your emotions in check, especially when it's higher stakes, you're going to feel that fight or flight response. And you either flight where you don't really try or you end up fighting, which is not great either. So the key really here is keeping it chill. Everything you do, everything you say, do it with a smile and do it like you're not taking this whole situation too seriously. You know, don't get frustrated. Don't get too pushy or rude. And even when you're feeling like you're frustrated and you're worked up and your face is feeling hot and your pulse is running, you've got to just take a breath, chill and just smile. Just smiling will help you relax. And that's really the key here. The further you go into that Karen slash do you know who I am territory, the less likely that person you're talking to is going to want to help you. So you kind of want to go with the softer, more empowering approach. And my personal favorite that I use everywhere are these four magic words, which I'll share with you, which is any chance you could. So plop that into any sentence. Like, is there any chance you could upgrade us to a suite? Is there any chance we could take the BMW? Is there any chance I could get a discount? That phrase is my favorite because it's a lot softer. You're not saying, I'm supposed to get an upgrade or why am I not getting this upgrade, right? That's really harsh. Any chance you could really empowers the other person. It's like, hey, the ball's in your court. Can you be a good human and help me out here? And that has really made a big difference. Just those four words in my success rate when it comes to getting upgrades and discounts and free stuff. And it works in person. It works over email. You can also email and say, any chance you could upgrade us ahead of arrival? Any chance you could upgrade us ahead of our check-in? You know, it works over email. It works over the phone. It's definitely my go-to. And if you learn nothing else from this episode, I highly recommend just giving those four words a try next time you're asking for something. Now, if you're someone who already does that, that's great. You know, then the next step you could try practicing that would help is injecting a little bit of humor in your interactions. And you might be like, well, I'm not really a funny person. Like humor is not really my thing. The key here is you don't actually need to be funny. The humor can be cheesy. It could be a line that you've already rehearsed. And it often works well because if you are funny, the other person laughs and it brings down the tension a lot. If you're not funny, it sounds kind of cheesy and they kind of give you a sympathy chuckle anyway. And that also de-escalates the whole situation. 
if you don't believe me, this is literally something my friend that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode used to do. So back in the day, this is probably over a decade ago now, I used to be a bit of a stoner and I was hanging out with my friend and we broke my bong. And it wasn't a great bong. So I was like, you know, I'm in the market for a new one anyway. And at that point in my life, I was already working and making a good amount of money. So I'm like, all right, I'm ready to get a real nice bong. So we go to the smoke shop and I find their most expensive bong. It's like a six foot bong made of glass and it's $350. But I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime kind of purchase, right? This will last me a long time. I think it's worth the 350 So I tell the person behind the counter, that's the one I want. She grabs it starts wrapping it in bubble wrap. And my friend, who's kind of just wandering the store, browsing, walks over, sees the price. And he asks her, any chance we could get a discount? And she looks back at him and is like, sometimes they go on sale, but we don't have any sales right now. and We don't usually do discounts. So by this point, I already have my wallet out. And I'm like, cool, well, you know, thanks anyway. Let's go ahead and buy this bong. But of course, my friend being the, the magic worker he is, is like, how about a, how about a good guy discount? And she's like looking at him like, what? And I'm looking at him like, what? We both chuckle a little bit because I'm, I'm feeling kind of awkward at this point. But after a couple seconds of like awkward silence, she laughs and is like, sure, why not? I ended up getting a 20% discount on that bong. I saved $70 off of a $350 bong just because my friend asked and cracked a super cheesy, semi-awkward joke, right? And meanwhile, I'm standing there watching this whole thing happen, being like, you can do that. You can just randomly ask a store for a good guy discount and then actually get a discount. Like, how is this a thing? And I would literally watch him do this kind of thing all the time. And it would work like 90% of the time. And that's when my whole mindset on all of this asking for more thing really shifted. It was just watching that man in action. And if you're listening to this being like, man, I could never crack a cheesy joke like that. I can barely even just ask for the upgrade in the first place. I'm just way too polite or anxious or I hate awkward pauses too much to ever do this. Um, You don't have to go that far. You know, the humor thing, definitely advanced level. On a basic level, just putting yourself out there and just asking with those four magic words, like any chance you could, is already a huge step compared to not asking. And you'll feel so much better having done it than feeling regretful for not having done it later. And that sort of leads nicely, I think, into the second layer of this, which is your approach. Do you give in too easily or do you kind of expect too much and are kind of entitled about what you should get? So the key with your approach and how to avoid the extreme ends of that spectrum is to just come prepared so that you can exert the right level of persistence and push. Like if you go in with no research, no preparation beforehand, and you don't know what's actually possible, there's a higher tendency that you ask for too little or you ask for too much. And this one is particularly applicable towards hotel upgrades because it really doesn't cost you more than a few minutes of your time to do preparation to know, okay, what is possible in the terms and conditions, but also check their app and see what their actual availability is for things like suites that night. So for me, my process before I check in at any hotel is that I'll pull up the app and just input my dates and just see if the room that I want is even bookable. So going in, I know what the inventory availability is like. And then I also know what their terms and conditions are. So with Hyatt, if you're a globalist, you are entitled to a free suite upgrade when you check in. 
However, as most of us know who are globalists, a lot of the times that suite upgrade isn't automatically assigned to you. So if you don't ask, you simply won't get it. So my strategy is quite simply, I always ask. You know, you go to the front desk, you give them your ID and your credit card. They welcome you to the hotel. They're looking up your room and your reservation. And that's when I ask, any chance you could upgrade us to a suite? And you can replace suite with whichever room it is. You know, if you don't have status, you can be like, hey, any chance you could upgrade us to a corner room? Or any chance you could upgrade us to a higher floor? And I would say I'm probably close to, if not at, 100% success rate when it comes to asking for an upgrade to a room that I know is available, that I checked on the app, and also within what they're willing to do in their terms and conditions. Like if you ask for the presidential suite on a regular room booking, chances are you're not going to get it. So that isn't something you should try and ask for. That would be you expecting way too much out of this. But within reason, I can't remember the last time when I've asked for something and they haven't given it to me. That said, sometimes it does require a bit more effort than just saying any chance you could upgrade us. And that's where I do see a lot of people go wrong is that they give up too soon. Like they react to the initial no as like a failure and give up instead of just pushing one extra step. And I think a lot of people don't know how to push that one extra step without it feeling like they're being rude. Like, you know, you feel like you're asking for too much now or you feel like you're begging and you don't want to feel like you're begging or you have some baggage about you don't want to look like you're poor and you're asking for these free things. You know, so a lot of that I think is tied into why people don't push just that one extra step. And I think a good strategy to counter that is just to push one more step than what you're usually comfortable with. So that way you don't risk going into this full entitled white lotus thing where you're expecting this presidential suite and you start being a Karen about it. I found that the best approach to pushing one extra step is presenting the person with some creative options. Like they said no to something, give them something slightly different. So a good example of that would be with car rental upgrades. Most of us have status at like National and Hertz thanks to having one of the premium travel credit cards like Amex Platinum will get you National Executive Elite status and Hertz's President Circle status. So those are like top tier levels in their loyalty program. But car rental agencies are typically really bad at pre-assigning you good upgrades. In fact, most of these rental car agencies now, it's that, hey, you go and you can pick up the car that you want in the designated aisle. So they'll have an executive elite aisle where you can pick any car from there. They'll have a president circle aisle where you can pick any car from there. And usually you just take what's on the lot, right? But sometimes, depending on when you're showing up, the lot can be pretty empty or the selection is pretty bad. Or in some locations, like Hawaii, there often just isn't a lot. So even though you're eligible for any car in their top tier status, if there's no lot, you still have to go to the counter. In any of those scenarios, I think most people just accept the situation and move on. But if you're willing to put in just a tiny bit more effort, you could go to the counter. And one approach that I often take, I ask the counter, hey, are there any better upgrades available? Sometimes I get it that way and it's that easy. But sometimes they're like, no, we've been pretty busy today. This is all we have right now. The way to kind of push that, just that one extra step, you could ask, okay, well, you know, I don't mind waiting. What do you guys have coming up? And oftentimes, there's a bunch of cars, especially if they're busy, literally being washed right now. And that's how you can get one of those nicer cars before it even gets put on the aisle for someone to grab. We've had great success with this, even in places like Hawaii, where it's super busy. A lot of the agencies don't have lots. 
So you kind of just take whatever they assign you. And oftentimes it's like you ask for an upgrade. They're like, we're all out of upgrades today. But just by waiting an extra 10, 20, 30 minutes, we've ended up with BMWs, Camaros, Mercedes, all in Hawaii, which is one of the most difficult places to get these kinds of upgrades. Another way to kind of implement this pushing one step further approach is at hotels. When you ask any chance, I can get a suite upgrade. They are like, no, our suites are full. If you did the research beforehand and you come in extra prepared and you know that, hey, I'm staying for five nights. And when I plug in those five nights, the suite's not available. But if I plug in the last three nights of my stay, I do see the suite is available. So if you know that going in, then once they push back, you can be like, how about for just part of the stay? You know, I saw on the app that it might be available on the last three nights. Any chance you could upgrade us for just those three nights? Like we don't mind moving at all. And that has worked more times than I can count. Like most recently, we were in Japan back in January and we stayed at the Park Hyatt Tokyo and we were there for, I think, five nights. The suite was not available for all five nights, so I didn't get the suite upgrade initially, but I checked and the suite was available for the last four nights of our stay. I asked front desk and they gave it to us. So there was one night where we were in a regular room and the remaining four nights of those five nights, we were in a suite that would not have happened if I didn't ask and I didn't push just that one extra step. So when it comes to your approach, it really pays to be willing to just ask and also come in well-prepared so you know what the limits are. And that will help you regulate your attitude a little more because it really is kind of a balancing act between your approach and your attitude. We're all human. So oftentimes, the harder you push, the stronger that fight or flight mechanism starts kicking in. You know, your heart beats faster, you start sweating, particularly if you get some pushback. Now maybe you're feeling frustrated or even a little angry because things aren't going exactly your way. It's extra important in those times to try and downregulate your nervous system a little bit. Just breathe in slowly and try and relax and keep cool as best as you can because it does not further your goals at all to start getting into that rude category, which is what you'll usually see during travel season at the airport and in hotels. And in times when you run into an agent who just clearly doesn't know the rules, so you know you're right and you know they're wrong and you really want the thing that you're pushing for because not every fight is worth the battle. But if it's worth it to you in that instance and you're 100% right, that's when you pull out the escalation card. You know, can I talk to a manager? But the key there is when that manager or supervisor comes, you completely reset your attitude. You don't just continue from where you currently are and start yelling at this manager who has no idea what's happening. And if they were going to be on your side, they're definitely not going to be on your side now if you just transfer all of your frustration with this agent to this new person. So instead, do a complete reset. You're talking to someone completely new who doesn't know the situation. Approach it like how you approached the conversation initially with the agent, which is that you came in and you were polite, but you also knew the rules. So you weren't just going to take no for an answer. Go back to being chill. Go back to being relaxed. Smile at the manager. You know, the attitude that you kind of want to convey is like the, I'm sorry for even having to bring you out here kind of attitude. Like there's just been some confusion, some misunderstanding. Not a big deal. But now that you're here, let's sort it out. The TLDR here really is that you're dealing with people. You're dealing with humans, you know, and, and humans aren't just a list of terms and conditions. Many of the people that you interact with may not even know the terms and conditions as well as you. And so when you're dealing with people and people aren't robots, you can often get more than what is allowed in the terms and conditions. And conversely, 
you can often also end up getting less than what is possible. And of course, some of that is based on the person you're talking to, but a lot of that is based on your attitude and your approach. The secret weapon here really is empathy. And I'm sure some of the folks who are like naturally empathetic people or are quite social and extroverted, this might seem super obvious. But for those of us who are a bit more introverted and aren't like social butterflies, empathy can be hard sometimes. Empathy doesn't come naturally to a lot of us. You know, we oftentimes do think of the person that we're talking to as a means to an end. Oftentimes when we talk to service agents, we kind of treat them as if they were a robot that should know all of the terms and conditions. And we get frustrated when that isn't the case. A better approach is to try and recognize that this is a a regular, normal person that you're talking to that might be having a bad day as well. So being friendly, not being rude, can get you a long way. And also just listening for the subtext to a lot of what they say, because subtext is how you can start probing for some of the limits to what's possible. For example, there are certain things that people say that you can learn to recognize as potential openings. So one of the common things you'll hear a lot when you ask for something is the response might be, well, we don't usually give discounts or we don't usually give upgrades. That's a great response to hear because that's your cue to think, well, if they don't usually do this, that means maybe sometimes they do do this. So maybe an exception is possible. And you kind of saw that in the smoke shop example from earlier, where they're like, we don't usually give discounts. And that's your cue to be like, well, how about this time you do do a discount? Another response you'll hear often is there's nothing available right now. You know, you could be asking for a hotel upgrade. They'll be like, there's no suites available. Or during a car rental, they'll be like, we don't have any upgrades available right now. And that's your cue for the thought process of, well, if it's not available right now, when is it available? You can ask, well, if I'm willing to wait an extra 20 minutes, will something be available then? If I'm willing to check out of my hotel room during the middle of my stay, would the suite be available for the last three nights? Even something that sounds as final and definitive as it's not possible or we can't do that, that's still an opening for you if you're willing to put in the effort to think, well, if that's not possible, what is possible? And that's really how that A&A episode came about and how I figured out a lot of those booking nuances that allowed me to have a better chance of booking their first class tickets was that chatting with them on the phone, there were a lot of things they kept telling me that weren't possible. But by chatting with them and then asking follow-up questions, just kind of being curious and inquisitive, but also polite while I'm doing this kind of probing, I probably over the course of a few weeks spent like almost 10 hours on the phone with A&A agents, just kind of chatting and probing to see what was possible in their system and how to go about doing that. And it yielded great results. You know, I was able to book like five or six first class tickets for me and all of my friends to Japan. So I'm not saying you should spend 10 hours at the front desk at the hotel trying to get an upgrade, but more that opportunities will only arise if you're willing to ask and willing to probe and willing to push one step further while maintaining a friendly demeanor. That really is key to all of this. And if all of this sounds like a lot to you, like it's a lot of new stuff, a lot of things to try, you're kind of intimidated by it, or you're nervous, you don't think it's possible or that you're not cut out for it, just know that practice makes perfect. Asking for more really is just a muscle that you need to exercise. And the way I go about exercising that muscle is that my rule of thumb for most interactions that involve a transaction is that I will at least try asking for more, particularly when it's like a high stakes situation like a hotel upgrade. 
I always come away feeling better to have tried than to have not tried at all. The times where I've been too anxious or timid or didn't feel like doing it, I always end up regretting it for days on end. And it occupies a lot of mental space. Whereas if I just try and it fails, that took maybe a minute of my time and then I can move on with my life. So I'd rather be shot down in the moment than regret not asking later. And even when it's not these high stakes scenarios, I still try and ask everywhere I go because it's best to practice when the stakes are low. So it's better to just ask for more in your day-to-day life when the stakes are low. For example, a few weeks ago, I was at a Shake Shack because I have an Amex gold card and I get 10 free dollars every month at a Shake Shack. So every month, my wife and I, we go to a Shake Shack, which is, if you're not familiar, a burger place, and we order a burger. The thing though this time was that I messed up because I have a box of credit cards and in there are like four or five Amex gold cards and I grabbed the wrong one without knowing it. So at the Shake Shack, I placed my order. It was time to pay. I swiped my card and it got declined because the card was canceled who knows how long ago. But at the time, I, I didn't know it, right? So it declined. I was like, hmm, that's weird. Tried it again, declined again. And that's when it kind of dawned on me that maybe I'd brought the wrong card. So now I'm fumbling with my phone, trying to pull up the app because I had the card stored in the Shake Shack app and maybe that would work. And I'm also apologizing to the teller like, oh, I'm sorry about this. I'm not sure what happened. Let me just try and pull it up on my app. And all the while, there's a line now forming behind me. And so there's like kind of the time pressure thing and my blood is starting to pump a little bit harder and I'm feeling frustrated. But I remember to crack a joke. And so while I'm fumbling on my phone, I just say, how about a free burger? And I smile and chuckle. Totally as a joke, not expecting anything. I go right back to fumbling with my phone. And she pauses for a couple seconds. And then she's like, yeah, I got you. Gives me the receipt and waves me away. And I ended up getting a free Shake Shack burger just because I made a joke about a free burger. Now, she probably was like, man, there's a line forming. And maybe she felt kind of sorry for me. Like she thought I wasn't able to pay for this burger. But at the end of the day, it didn't cost her anything to do that. Like it was a nice gesture on her part. And she probably felt good about giving me a free burger. I got a free burger. So everyone's happy. I guess Shake Shack was the only loser here. But at $15 a burger, I think they can probably afford a few free burgers here and there. So the lesson there really is just give it a try. You know, Think of your success as simply the act of trying. Don't be attached to the outcome or your expectations. The fact that you tried is a win. And you should keep trying whenever you can and not just do it when you need it or if it feels comfortable. Do it at every opportunity because it's practice. And practice is ultimately what's going to lead you to better results when stakes are higher and you do care about what the outcome is. So if at the beginning of the episode, if you were like me 10 years ago and you were confused about how did my friend get those free wings and a soda at the pizza place, you probably know the answer now, right? It was simply just by asking. We were picking up pizzas for a work event. So we weren't even paying for these pizzas out of pocket. There were essentially no stakes involved. And while we were picking it up, he was chatting a little bit with the guy working there. And it was a pretty empty restaurant. And he was just like, you know, slow day, like, how's it going, etc. Right. And the guy working there was like, yeah, you know, we're about to close up shop soon. And he hands my friend the two full pizzas that we were going to go back to work. And it was at that point, my friend was like, how about throwing in some wings? And you could kind of see the guy in his head doing the calculus of being like, does he want to order wings? Oh, no, he wants the wings for free. And he's like, no, I can't do that, man. And my friend, instead of being like, oh, okay, all good. Here's my credit card. Let's pay for the pizza. Instead, he responds, all right, how about a free bottle of soda? 
And he points to the fridge that has those like two liter bottles of Coke and Pepsi and stuff. And the guy looks at him and is like, sure, yeah, you can take one. And so he grabs the free soda, which is a great example of just pushing one step further. Of course, at the time, I knew none of this. So I'm like in awe that he even asked for free wings and then kept going and then got a free soda. So now he's paying for these two pizzas with the company credit card and he's got a free soda and the guy swipes his card. My friend takes the receipt, signs, leaves him a decent but like normal tip. And then the guy looks at the receipt and it's like, yeah, you know what? We're closing soon anyway. And he walks over to the wings and he fills a box with like 12 barbecue wings and gives it to my friend. So now we're walking out of the store with two pizzas, a free soda and a free 12 pack of wings. And to top it off, this was all just company money. We could have just paid for the wings and soda. And so it was just a chance literally for him to practice. And I think at that point, he wasn't even thinking of it as practice. It was just part of who he was. He did this everywhere he went. And he got a lot of free stuff and discounts. And I was just getting my mind blown left and right every time I hung out with him. And I'm glad that 10 years later, I am finally at a place where I understand how this works. And that's why I wanted to share it with you guys. And hopefully it doesn't take you 10 years to figure this out and to learn this. So that's it for this episode. I know it's very different from the, the usual kinds of things we cover, but hopefully this has inspired you a little bit to always just ask for a little bit more and just get your reps in. You know, that's really how you get better. And if you want some more ideas and guidance and proof of this working in the world, I do highly recommend the Getting More book, which I'll link to in the show notes. Because after reading that book, I was like, did my friend read this book and implement the book? Or was he just naturally like this and the book is about people like him? So chicken and egg, I have no idea. But yeah, that's it for this episode, everyone. If you enjoyed it and want to support the show, most people find out about this show through word of mouth. So just tell a friend, forward them this podcast. If you want to take it one step further, you can go on Spotify or Apple and leave a rating. Sometimes the algorithm gods recommend this show to other people. So really appreciate it if you do that. But either way, thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you all next time for the monthly recap. 